Hi, it's Celeste from Me After Work with another episode of You Don't Know What You Don't Know. And today we're joined by Jessica Goh. Uh, Jessica works for Life in Confidence. Um, she's a confidence coach. So welcome, Jessica. Thanks for having me, Celeste. I never call you Jessica. It feels weird. I always call you <laughs> Jess. What do you prefer? I get that all the time. Uh, you can call me Jess. <laughs> okay, Jess. Great. Um, let's just go straight into confidence. Alrighty. What is confidence? I get that question asked all the time. And I ask that question to people as well. You know, what does confidence mean to you? And I feel like confidence is feeling comfortable in who you are and in your own body and not give a damn what other people think. To me, that's real confidence. Okay, so feeling comfortable in who you are, how do you know who you are? Mm, I get that asked all the time. (laughs) Right. That's a good question. Uh, I had that journey with myself as well, where I wasn't sure who I was. And I feel like that's the journey that I've taken on to be a confidence coach. How do you know, sorry to interrupt, how do you know that you're not, you don't know who you are? Like when does you go, oh, oh, who am I? Like where, how does that Mm. question come and where does it come? And what triggered that? Because you know for so many years you never ask yourself that question then all of a sudden bang you go oh who am I really Mm. I feel like when people ask that question it's like there's a part of them that is ready to wake up a part of them that's um, beyond the ego because the ego is so focused on looking good and being a certain person but that's not a match to who you really are And the person who you are behind the ego, behind the mind and the body, is your essence of you. So you're saying in your own personal journey, it was peeling away layers of the ego to um, reveal who the real Jessica is? 100%. Okay, how long does that take? That has (laughs) taken me six years. (laughs) And and have you peeled away all the layers or you still got loads to go I don't know (laughs) I feel this is an ongoing journey because it's all to do with conditioning Um, and you know with conditioning if people are listening to the podcast what is conditioning it's the first seven to eight years of your life where you're brought up in an environment whether it's with your family or step family um, people around you friends uh, the culture the values that you've subscribed to and adopted and it's created this false identity. And you know that's not what you believe in, but it's what you were brought up and grown with. And so in this journey from then onwards, when you move out of home, when you start becoming independent, you're trying to figure yourself out. Like, who am I? What do I really want to do? What's my purpose? And a lot of younger people these days, especially millennials, they're starting to wake up and say, do I really want to work in a nine to five job? Or do I want to start a business and do what I really want to do? So I feel a lot of us are starting to wake up to ourselves. And I feel it's that that soul part of ourselves that wants to wake up and say, hey, this is not what I want anymore. So, so do you think what do we're, we're waking up at an earlier age? So people maybe traditionally would, maybe they have this realization when they go into retirement but you're saying that maybe now generations it's changing and people are are asking these questions a lot younger do you see that pattern definitely 100 percent. and i feel like people are starting to become more conscious you know with all the resources and tools that's out there especially on the internet you know getting access to tedx talks youtube um, Instagram influencers out there, people are starting to wake up. So back to your personal story, what, what triggered this kind of this transformation or this realization or waking up? You know, for that to start, for you yeah. to start, was did something happen or was just was it something specific? Yeah, something definitely did happen, um, and it happened, oh gosh, I think four years ago now. 
Mm. And um, at that moment in my life, I was struggling. I was hitting rock bottom. Uh, And at that point, what it looked like was that I did a dress business for almost three, four years, and it wasn't going anywhere. And I took a big risk. I sold my two investment properties that were performing well. And I used that money to fund the dress business and I lost all of that money. So I was broke and I was dating a married man at that time. And I thought this is the best that I could get. And I was really struggling with my relationships with my immediate family. And I thought, well, you know, why have I dug myself, you know, like a, a pit that I can't even get out. It's just too huge. And I was seeing a coach at that time as well. And um, I finished all my sessions with her and I asked her the question, you know, why am I in this place? I'm, I'm working with you. Um, you know, I'm starting to get awareness into myself, but why has it gone this far now? And she's like, you know, you know, you need to wake up to yourself. You need to wake up to what you're doing to yourself. You've created this. And and it was like a big re- realisation. I'm like, whoa, shit. I did create this. Okay, how hard is it to admit that you created it? Like, I know it's um, it helps and it's the start of something. But in that moment, to realise actually everything that is happening around you is a result of what you're doing. Yeah. And you can't blame anyone anymore. That's right. Like, it's a 200% comes back to you. Like, do you, do you remember having that that feeling? Like, when you first re- truly, truly realised that? I was sad. There was a lot of grief in that. And um, I had that realisation, I can't blame my mum anymore. I can't blame for the guy that I was dating anymore. Um, I was so angry and so negative at that point in time, but that when the realization hit, there was so much grief and I'm like, Oh my God, I just felt sick in the stomach. I can't believe I did that to myself. So what, and what were you grieving? (sighs) Like, how could I've done that to myself? And I've worked my butt off and this is the result that I've got. And it hasn't got me far. It's like a massive loss for me. It's like, oof, I had to go through that journey to discover, shit, this is who I am. And I had to go through that just to figure that out. Why do you think we do those things to ourselves? I feel that we do that because it's part of the journey to waking up to that part of ourselves that we've neglected for such a long time. That part of ourselves that we deny devalue and what is that what is that part for me i describe it as core confidence and as i've mentioned before you know that essence of who you are you know the soul the the part of you that you can't see but the part of you that you you feel like you need to connect with that vulnerability the part of you that wants to express your truth that you've been denying for such a long time Oh, so that, and that's what confidence means to you. Yeah. By connecting and listen, listening to that part of you, that vulnerability. Because, you know, there's so many, everyone has a different interpretation of what confidence means. You know, if you see someone on stage and they can speak really well and articulate themselves and, you know, motivate a crowd, you think, you can think that that's confidence. Hmm. But what you're saying right now is about confidence within. It's something that's inside, not necessarily outside. Yeah, that's correct. And I tell my clients there are three different layers of confidence. A lot of people associate confidence as something as arrogant or egotistical or trying to look good. And people think, oh, wow, that's confidence. That person looks like they've got it together. They know how to hold themselves but it's far more than that. That's just the first layer of confidence. It's like meeting a human. There's more that meets the eye. Yes, there's a pretty face and a nice body, but there's other stuff that comes with it, a personality, emotional baggage, culture, values, all sorts of things. And that's the same with confidence as well. 
because the confidence is a big word, you know, and it means so much to so many, you know, to all of us. Yeah, definitely. How do you, how did you get into confidence coaching? Why, why did you, you know, there's so many paths with coaching, but what, why did you choose confidence? I chose it because when I hit rock bottom, I thought to myself, whoa, that there are so many people who are in emotional pain and they haven't awoken up you know, to their greatest potential yet and they haven't seen it. And I'm like, there's so many people out there who need that and they just don't know how. And I want to show them how. And if I can do it, they can do it too. And I'm just an average person. I'm no one special. So how did you do it? So you're at rock bottom yeah. in your life, so you described. How, how do you start to find your confidence and build that again? I decided to make a choice and that choice was I could either go continue that road that I'm comfortable with and that is to be homeless or I can take a different path and go out of my comfort zone and listen to what I've been called to do and really trusting that vulnerability and that was so foreign and new to me but that's what I've been taught by my coach at that time. And I thought to myself, well, you know, I've paid a few thousand dollars to her and I'm like, you know, her teachings does make sense. It's about now it's time to start implementing it and take action on it rather than doing the coaching and that's it. And so I've went out of my comfort zone and really listen and trust the internal guidance. And that is, okay, Jess, well, first of all, it's time to move. I'm like, well, how do I do that if I don't have the money? And second of all, well, I need to start working in a job to support that decision. And um, third of all, I need to start doing what I love. And that's coaching. And funny enough, during that journey, when I was hitting rock bottom, I was getting coaching clients. And I was like, wow, because I was willing to go out of my comfort zone and put myself out there on Facebook and start sharing my vulnerability in my personal story and people were inspired by that and they're like well Jess I noticed something is different with you what do you do and that's when I started to get clients how did you know that you wanted to be a coach like I know you had coaching but how did yeah. you know sorry because you said internal guidance yeah um how do you know it was internal guidance like what what is that it's like a pull. It's like, um, you know, something is telling me that you have to do this. You can't ignore yourself anymore. you got to do something that makes you happy. And staying in the situation that you're in right now isn't making you happy. It's just, you, your confidence has dropped. You don't know who you are. You're going backwards. You're losing everything. And to me, it's like, oh, okay, you know, that is a red flag. Um, yeah, my, you know, what, whatever's telling me, my guidance, my intuition, if you want to call that, is telling me this is not the path that you need to be on anymore. It's time to path a different path instead. Why would some of us stay in that place mm. that doesn't feel so good and, and ignore, you know, um, internal guidance or intuition? Yeah, that's a really great question. There's a lot of factors. Uh, conditioning. So if you haven't worked on your conditioning, you feel like this is all you know and this is all I can get and that's my reality. So one of it is you need to deal with your conditioning or at least be aware of your conditioning and not think, oh, okay, this is life and that's it. Um, another and conditioning is that what you said before was the zero to eight. Yes, yeah. years of life. Yeah. And so at that age, it's such a fragile age because you're picking up information um, from family, from relatives, from friends, from people around you, your environment that you were brought up and you take that into your adult life, into the present moment. Another thing is people are addicted to the things that they are subscribed to, the you know bullshit stories, and they feel this is a reality, but it's not, it's just bullshit. So it's about having that ability to discern what is bullshit and what's real. And, and a lot of us don't have that ability. 
because we can't discern. We haven't been taught to discern those thoughts. And how do you discern <clears throat> between bullshit thoughts and good ones? Mm. For me, I've learned to discern through coaching and it's about getting awareness. So getting awareness with your conditioning. So just seeing a lot of us see our past as a negative thing and we're not seeing the nuggets of gold in it. You know, what's the gift? What's the lesson that I can learn from my past? And that's the same with me. What's the lesson that I can learn from digging myself a massive hole and, you know, fighting really hard to get out of it? What's the lesson in that? And it's about appreciating, you know, the challenges from your past for you to see things differently. Because right now, if we don't work on our conditioning, we're so focused on limitations. And so that hinders us from seeing the bigger picture and seeing, oh, wow, there's a reason why I'm struggling at the moment. It's because I need to um, wake up to myself or trust this part of myself or to see, you know what, I'm ignoring what I really want. This is why I'm struggling. Jess, what does life mean to you? And how do you want to experience life? Because um, obviously it's not one of struggling. Hmm. My, my belief is that life is, we've, we've come into this physical world and I call it the 3D world. And this is where we experience surface level confidence, where we're so fixated on what we see. And that's how we limit ourselves is what we can see. But I feel like when we come into this human form, right, we feel we are limited because we're just a body, we're just a mind. But I feel life is more than that. We've come into this lifetime on this planet, in this human form, to experience what the soul deeply desires, what our heart wants to experience in this lifetime. And so we go on to this journey in this human experience of struggle for us to get that aha moment wow, okay, there's more to life than just the struggle. There's beauty in the challenges. And the reality is we live in a life of polarity, fear and love, confidence and chaos, black and white. Do we have to live in that, to live like that? I know it exists, but yeah. Can you transcend that? So quite a big question. <laughs> it is a loaded question. <laughs> Don't be sorry. No, they, these are really good questions. This is the thing, right? Polarity exists for a reason. And you can't avoid polarity. You go to welcome it and accept it because it's part of life. And if we don't have the polarity, then we got it too easy. If we just live in light, oh, wow, everything is so good. Then how can you really appreciate what's next? We need the polarity for us to appreciate the good stuff in life. Because for me, there's no way that I could appreciate my beautiful boyfriend and it's our, both of us, our longest relationship, a year and a half now. And we struggled with relationships and it, there's no way that I could appreciate him if I didn't struggle by attracting men who were not emotionally available you know who are either married de facto coming out of engagement had a has emotional uh luggage or baggage right and so if i didn't go through that journey there's no way that i could appreciate this beautiful man who came into my life and appreciate the struggles in that relationship too for me to grow do you think he came into your life because you were then ready for it i would say yes and I was seeing my second coach at that time as well. So I was working a lot with my conditioning with my dad. So I've realized that um, that's the beauty in coaching, right? And we all need coaches and mentors to show us our blind spots. And for me, my blind spot was I was projecting my relationship with my dad with every guy. And so what was like that element of that relationship? Like, don't you don't have to give too much detail, but whatever you're comfortable with. But yeah just so people can understand an example of conditioning yeah yeah definitely so with my dad and I'm happy to share you know the heaviness of it as well to get a better understanding of it so my dad he had a sex addiction and there was a lot of domestic violence and he treated women like they were servants 
So he expected my mom and myself to do everything. And I was the oldest child. And, um, you know, seeing that at such a young age, um, especially as a teenager, I felt and I thought to myself, and this is the bullshit belief that I adopted. If my dad can do that to my mom, what are the chances of me, you know, having a man who's loyal, who's loving, who's healthy and conscious? I, I had the expectation that every man was just like my dad. And so when I um, go into a relationship or, you know, start interacting with men in the dating phase, I would um, expect them to be perfect and I didn't want them to be like my dad. And then when things, when shit hits the fan, I'm like, whoa, it triggered me massively because it reminded me of the trigger that I had with my dad. And so I get into a panic attack and go berserk and I'm like whoa where is this coming from I said and you could you never had the awareness to link it that's right yeah and then when I asked myself the question and go beyond the panic and ask myself why am I going berserk why am I highly anxious and going you know having this panic moment I'm like whoa this is odd so I had to ask myself the question and the answer was there's unfinished business with your dad, even though my dad passed away, but it's that emotional attachment that I need to let go of for me to be healthy and conscious. And how did you do that? Or are you still working on that? Like, is, is that through coaching that you've, that's helped you deal with that or let go of it or? Yeah, so I, deal, I dealt with that with one of the modalities that I specialize in, which is core energetics. So what core energetics is, it's bringing the emotions of the past in your heart and releasing it. So it's a trauma release. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what it just, it's a, it's a one-off thing or do you have to do sessions of it? Like, is I, it that easy to release something that's kind of subconsciously had a massive hold over so much of your life? Well, that's a really great question. <laughs> Uh, and hey if it is that's awesome <laughs> do you know <laughs> yeah definitely well i for me it took oh well well for me when i first did it um it took a couple of hours for me to really get my stuff out with my dad because i've been so suppressed coming from an asian family where women don't have a say and it's an expectation that we have to be this and to be obedient and to be polite and respectful and to respect men. And so I had no say. And whenever, when, like when I was a kid, a teenager or a young woman, whenever I speak up, I'll get hit for it. Um, my mum would laugh at me for it. So I would be bullied. So it wasn't safe for me to be confident. It wasn't safe for me to be vulnerable. So I have to find an outlet that can help me release all that stuff that I was holding, that resentment and anger that I had towards my mum and dad for not letting me to be me. And so I had to do that with my coach where he created a safe environment to let all that stuff go. And it wasn't pretty, but you know, I felt lighter. I felt like a new person. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm like, whew, that was a big weight off my shoulders. Hey, what do you mean by lighter? Like like you left and, and like physically emotionally mentally i was so much lighter like physically i felt like there was so much i was holding on to my shoulders and that represents um in core energetics resentment so i was holding on to a lot of resentment i had a lot of back problems so the back represents the past and um so that physical that's where i felt it that heaviness on my back and uh, mentally, I was so negative. I got triggered really easily. Emotionally, I felt a lot of anger. So the shift for me was a lot of anger was released and I felt like an empty vessel, like, whoa, this is a new experience for me, emotionally and spiritually, just being an empty vessel and not holding onto the past and that anger. And physically, I felt lighter, like I felt my posture was better, you know, oh, wow. there was less back Did pains. anyone notice the difference? Like, do people notice the difference? Yes. They definitely notice the difference. They're like, you know, you're so much more open, you're more real, you're not wearing a mask or a spiritual mask as a coach. I can see you. Wow. 
Yeah. So then did you then decide to study um, core energetics yes. after you had that experience? Definitely. So do you integrate that in your coaching? Yes. Okay. And is it something that someone asks for or is it just part of your coaching model? It's part of my coaching model. So now I offer that in my three and a half day retreats called Set Your World on Fire in the Blue Mountains. Oh, wow. So I incorporate that process. And um, with that, so it's very intimate. I only have, you know, a handful of people to attend to that because it's very personal, it's very intimate, um, and it's very vulnerable. So I want to create a safe environment for people to get their stuff go from the past. And, and I get a lot of questions, you know, why do I get jealous when I see couples being together and I'm single and lonely? You know, why is it that I'm uncertain in who I am and I don't have the confidence to be assertive in the workplace? Or why is it that I'm single and I can't get a, um, you know, a loving person in my life and instead, you know, it just ends up being one-off dates? And it's because of that heaviness of the conditioning that we're holding onto that we're not even aware that we're still attached to the past. And so we're reliving the past. Do you think every, most of our experiences or the struggles are linked to conditioning? A hundred percent, definitely. Because I, I apply this, you know, working in corporate as well. There were so many struggles. Why is it that I'm constantly struggling with a certain person? Um, and I've realized it's to do with conditioning because that person, the trait that they had, whether it's bullying, criticism, whatever it is, I relate that to the, per- the parent that I'm triggered by, whether it's mom or dad. And most of the time for me, what I've learned is that with the workplace and with career money that represents the masculine so the masculine if you want to connect it with conditioning is with your dad and for me that was very true for me because when i hit rock bottom um four years ago it was exactly the experience that my dad lived his life where he was working himself hard to the ground day in day out and it was a struggle to work to earn money because we went to out in into the markets on the weekend, waking up 5 a.m. And that was the core business. And so that's exactly what I did. I was doing a lot of heavy labor because it was a dress business. I was struggling so hard just to sell a dress. And I felt like I was reliving my dad's life. Oh, wow. What's your, um, how's, is, do you have a, what about with your mom? Is what part of, so your dad is your work, but did you have anything any conditioning from your mum that you related to a specific area in your life? Yes. So with um, the feminine, then that's related to mum and that's to do with love, relationships and self-nurture. So with my mum, she was a role model of what a woman should be and it wasn't a good role model because when I entered a relationship with the man or when I start dating a man, I became really clingy and that's how my mum showed up with my dad and my dad was really pulled off by it. That's why he went out with other women and had a sex addiction to fulfill that need that he wasn't getting from my mum. And my mum was highly critical, highly judgmental, um, highly toxic. And I showed up just like my mum in those relationships. And guess what? I attracted those relationships because they were my mirror of my conditioning. Did you think about their conditioning? So you look at your conditioning, but obviously... Their behaviour, if, if you're saying it's based on conditioning, it would have come from their parents' conditioning. Yeah, definitely. So, good for you. You're like breaking a conditioning cycle. Yes, definitely. 100%. So that's the power, is having awareness in your conditioning and not take it like, oh, shit, why is life so hard? Why is it a struggle? Instead of seeing, oh, that's my reality, how about let's go beyond that reality and see why has it shown up in the first place? And let's link that with conditioning because that's the core issue of why you're stuck in the first place. That's how I always link my problems now to conditioning. And that's where you have your power. That's how you become a creator of your life by taking ownership of what, what is that? internal struggle that's showing up and manifesting in your reality let's work with that what is it that you're triggered by 
where is it coming from? What past experience that that showed up for the first time for you? And what's the gift in that trigger? What are you working on now that is still in your conditioning? Like are there... <laughs> I noticed one of your workshops, it's... Um, it was um, how to deal with rejection. Yeah. Is, was that something that you had to deal with? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So um, for the past couple of months, I've learned how to deal with rejection when it comes to clients. And for me, that was like a turning point for me because in the past, I didn't know how to deal with that kind of rejection. And for me, it was a journey for me to get to that point. Okay, so it's not about taking the rejection personally. It's about seeing the rejection. Okay, are they really the right client for me? You know, or am I attracting the right client? And it's about being more clear, what is it that you want in a client? And that's the same with, you know, dating, right? A lot of people take rejection so personal because they're like, oh, but it, it went so well. But you gotta ask yourself the question, are you being really clear in what you want in a life partner? Is that person the right match for you? It may seem like it was, a, you know, you had a good time and all, but let's go deeper than that. Are they really the right person for you? So when you, in your current relationship, did you ask all those questions? Like, and are you continuing, continuing to ask those questions? That's a really great question. <laughs> like, because no one, like maybe at the start, you, you know, you look for that compatibility. Yeah, definitely. Alignment, value alignment, things like that. But and chemistry. Yeah. To go to a different depth and ask those questions and to get clear on it yourself, like it's, what value can it bring to a relationship? Hmm. So with my journey with my boyfriend, right, it hasn't been an easy journey either. So in the beginning, like just like, you know, with any other relationship, it feels good. You know, there's a lot of chemistry and we had a deep talk on our first date about values so this is touching on compatibility. You know, where do you see yourself in five years' time? I had to ask those questions because I, I thought to myself, you know, learning from my past experience, I don't want to waste my time and his time. And I want to ensure, okay, is this the guy for me? But, you know, again, that's, that's with ego. Your ego wants to try to figure things out. But my heart was saying to me, you know, this guy is actually a decent guy. He's genuine. He's got a big heart. I can really feel that from him. And he was such a sweetie. And then after the first date, I started to see more things that I didn't see him on the first date that started to waken me up. Oh, whoa, he has this. He has this and he has this. And uh, he has medical conditions as well. And that's not an issue for me. I, I, I've definitely accepted that on the first date because I saw him beyond his conditions, his limitations. What I saw was a man who's coming from his heart. He's willing to be vulnerable with me and share with me, this is who I am. You know, take it or leave it. And I'm like, far out, that's what I want. And, you know, um, I remember my second coach told me when people go on a date, right, they're attracted to the persona you put out. And so if you put that persona out on a first date, people are drawn to that. But if you don't put your vulnerability out, your core confidence, then how would you know if people are drawn to that or not? Mm. So with my boyfriend, you know, we had our ups and downs. We've had our challenges. We've, we've got, we're different people and we, we've come from different worlds as well. You know, um, and it's about learning to complement each other with our strengths and learning to accept each other's um, downfalls as well. And um, he went through such a deep place early in our relationship where it's like, whoa, I can't coach him on that. This is just way too much. Like being suicidal early in the relationship, it's like, woof, you know, isn't like for me, I had this, um, this perception and this is coming back to my conditioning with my dad. 
I had a perception of my dad, this is not what I want, he, you know, he's all flawed and that's not what I want in a relationship with a man. And so I projected that onto him and thinking, you know, this is not what a relationship should be. I shouldn't be dealing with, you know, all this negativity in, so early in a relationship. And, you know, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. I had to hold a space for that. And I'm like, woof how can we do this? Because it's either I break up with him and not deal with that sort of stuff, or he has to see someone about it. So I referred him to my coach and I, I, I took on the same journey with him. I was there to support him in that journey um, with my coach. And when I saw his vulnerability coming out with, you know, facing his demons, why he was suicidal, it's like, whoa, it's like, I could see my conditioning showing up. I could see I was being triggered. I could see there was a part of myself not liking that part of him that was wimpy or not owning his manhood or not wanting to be masculine, not wanting to face his demons. And I could see I was judging it. And it's like, I feel like I was going back to my mum because she was highly critical. She's a perfectionist. And so I've learned that from her and I projected that onto him. And then my relationship with my dad, you know, I want a guy who's perfect, but perfect is non-existent, but that's conditioning because it's all bullshit. And so it's like, that was a difficult journey for me because it was like a turning point. Do I want to stay with him or break up with him? And if he doesn't change with that journey with my coach, should I continue that relationship? So there was a lot of hard questions that I had to ask myself. But I was so happy that he got out of it. He he broke through it. And I'm like, whoa, you know. What advice <clears throat> would you give to someone that has that similar experience with their partner? I would definitely say, you know, suggest your partner to see someone about it. Because you're not their therapist. Yeah. It's an equal relationship. Mm. And back to the first date. And you said about um, you projecting what you want or you're going to get, you're going to see what, I can't remember exactly what you said, but um, what would be your advice to someone going on a first date? Same like a job interview, you know, who should we turn up as? Just be yourself. Because if you're going to put... <clears throat> You know, the mask or should I say the surface level confidence where you're protecting yourself, right? And it's, it's exactly in the workplace when you're going for interviews. So people only see and know that's the, that's the surface level confidence, confidence that you're projecting, you know, your ego, your false identity. And that person could be drawn to that, right? But if you keep projecting that, you know, it's just so long, you can put on this show, and not allow people to see the real you. And then when people get to see the real you, whether it's in the relationship or in the workplace, then they have questions in mind. You know, who is this person? So what I saw at the interview on the first day, was it just a, you know, a false, you know, thing that I saw? So 100%, just show up as yourself. And that's what I share with my clients. And that's what I've um, applied in my life when I hit rock bottom. So when I show up to interviews, I'm real with that person. And I, I'm not afraid to ask the question before the interview, so what is the salary? Because I don't want to waste my time and their time. And it's, you know, with dates, it's about showing up as yourself and ask the questions that's related to your values and not be afraid to ask those questions because you're doing yourself a service mm. by doing that and honoring who you are and your truth. So you told me that you, you've done, as far as qualifications or training, constellations, voice dialogue, character analysis, core energetics we discussed, and life coaching. So all of these are within, you use within your model? Yes. Your coaching model, okay. Definitely. I use that in my uh, full day workshops, in my retreats, and my leadership programs. So your um, character analysis, what, tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> is that just observations or, or is it, what level do you go to? So character analysis, so it's about, there's 
um, different stages where we experience trauma and at that different life stages that forms our identity. So that's how we can pinpoint a person's personality or character. So I've created a few different characters. So the first one I call is Steve Jobs. So this uh, wounding occurs in the embryosis stage where you're in mum's womb. And a lot of people who have, well, people who do have this wounding know this wounding. They're aware they have this wounding. They're aware that they had a shock in utero. Like they do have that awareness because it's their wounding. So people who are like Steve Jobs, right? They're highly intellectual. They're also highly intuitive as well. They're very good at reading people and they don't feel safe um, being on earth. They don't feel safe with being around people. They like to be in nature. They're highly introverted people. And so because of that wounding, experiencing that shock, you know, being in mum's wound, um, that they felt that there's two things. They either feel like they weren't wanted by the mum so that like there were a mistake and pe I've had people telling me, how do you know that I didn't have a good relationship with my mom? And I said, well, it's in your character analysis. Um, I could see it like, and so like even in the physical form, it shows up like certain characters have certain physic physicalities that you can pinpoint. So someone like Steve Jobs, um, you know, they don't have a strong body structure. They're quite fragile looking. Um, they can be quite pale or undernourished um, because of that shock in utero. And they could be premature as well when they were um, born. And um, another thing that I was pointing out, so the first thing is that they felt like they weren't wanted by mum, like mum didn't want them in the first place, or um, they felt unsafe in the womb because mum was going through a lot of stress um, in her environment so therefore they absorbed that shock they didn't feel stress mm. yeah so do, do, is this a um an analysis that you look at or you do after they've answered some questions or is it just through the coaching that you can pick up on these traits or behaviors or physical so I pick that up. So people come and see me to do the workshop first um, before they go ahead with anything else. And I pick up straight away, okay, this person has abandonment issues. Okay, this person, he's not grounded. He doesn't feel safe. He's highly introverted. He's really withdrawn. So I just notice people's behaviors and also their body structure in the workshop for me to quickly identify, okay, this is their wounding. I know what I need to do to help them with that wounding because it's to do with conditioning okay yeah so the first wounding is steve jobs and the second one happens um i call marilyn monroe so if you think about marilyn monroe she's very addictive with prescription pills and she has to be in a relationship so she moves on from one marriage to another codependent but she's the life of the party you can't forget her so that's the Marilyn Monroe. I don't know if you know anyone who's like that. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't know. <laughs> but so, what are some of the – what then do you tie back to, like, Steve Jobs, it's, it's the wounding. In, the, in, in utero. Yeah. So Marilyn Monroe, her wounding is through symbiosis, so breastfeeding. So the baby either wasn't breastfed or they didn't get the love and attention from mum during breastfeeding so mum could be busy on the phone or whatever it was while she was breastfeeding the kid so the mum never gave that baby that full attention so that's why they have abandonment issues so they constantly um they love talking and you could say um, energy vampires they suck the life out of you in a conversation because they demand your attention because they never got that with mum so they have issues with um mum or with women because of that the third um, character is <clears throat> Oprah. So with Oprah, right, she's got a massive heart. She's very generous. Um, she's a humanitarian. Um, but with being an Oprah, right, the issue with that is that you're so generous that people can walk all over you. Um, you suppress yourself. Um, you, you experience a lot of anxiety. Um, you struggle to confront people and you struggle to speak up for yourself and you struggle to have boundaries. Why? Because this comes back to the wounding as a toddler phase. So as a toddler, 
you want to explore, you want to play, you want freedom, right? But if you have a controlling mother who tries to pull you back and say, don't do this, don't do that, right? So you're conditioned to be a good boy or a good girl. And that shows up in as an adult, right? So you become really obedient. And then if someone, you know, has an opinion, you, you go along with it. But deep down you feel like, no, I disagree. But you can't voice that because you've been conditioned at such a young age not to speak up, not to do this and that. And so that's how I was conditioned. And that's actually the hardest conditioning to break through is being an Oprah. So there's a lot of problems with being um, having freedom and there's a lot of problems with setting boundaries with people. Ah, okay. Yeah. And then the next two, um, so the next one is that occurs at the age of three to seven. And I tend to call that as the Miranda Kerr. So with that, you're a high achiever, you're a go, 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 you get things done, you're an implementer, you're organized. But with that character, right? So you look at Miranda Kerr, she is a high achiever and she doesn't go for anyone mediocre. She, she wants the best. So she wants the best in life. With that sort of character, the core wounding behind that is rejection. Rejection from the opposite sex parent. So if you felt rejected at a young age between three to seven, right, it's not easy for you to be vulnerable. So it's easier for that kind of character to act out from their sexuality, not from their heart. Um, to They grow up fast because um, at that age, with that kind of wounding, they learn to take on the parents' problems as well. So they have a bonding with the opposite sex parent. And so let's say, you know, for a little girl, her dad would come to the little girl and shared all her all his stuff, dump his stuff on her about mum. And so mum creates this resentment or jealousy between that relationship because it's emotionally incestual. And so there's an so the family dynamics, it's dysfunctional. It's not how it's supposed to be, where the mum and dad should be equal, they share their problems together rather than going to the child. Mm. Yeah. What's the last one? And the last one is I call Donald Trump. <laughs> so this is going to be good. <laughs> so this can occur at any age and the wounding is about betrayal or being seduced by the opposite sex parent. So what I mean by that is like, you know, as a kid, uh, the opposite sex parent can lure you in and say, oh, you know, if you do this, I'll give you a treat. And so they do something, but in the end, you don't do it, give them a treat and you make a joke out of it. And so that's when they felt betrayed and they're like, what? So how that shows up in life, right? So Donald Trump is a leader and that's the wounding. You're a leader. So the character traits with that is you're very charming. Um, you can lead people, you're influential. Um, but the downside with that is you're a lone wolf. You can be very dismissive. You're very ungrounded. You look at Donald Trump, he's very ungrounded. He's in his head. And so that's the defense mechanism is that you go into your head, not into your heart. And they hold a lot of resentment. So they tend to have broad shoulders and they're control freaks. So they have very tight necks. So that's the gist of character wow. analysis. It's fascinating. Um, it's so funny because you just, I'm just thinking about all the names of the, who you just spoke about, like the Donald Trump and then Miranda Kerr. And do, have you put, those names on from your from you have you created those names so you can help you profile it a bit i've only used the celebrity name so yeah. people just get think it. of the image quicker yeah, yeah right okay it's really helpful um voice dialogue you you do or you've done and constellations can you talk talk through those two yeah sure thing so with voice dialogue what happens is people i get people to um, stand into two or three different seats and each seat represents an aspect of themselves. This is how you can start cultivating self-awareness. So I remember this actually in the, <laughs> the talk that you did. It was so effective. Thank yeah, you. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> and yeah, I apply that into my workshops as well. And I call it the hot seat. So people like, you know, what's voice dialogue? So I like to put a name and say, it's the hot seat, guys. Who's up first? <laughs> so, um, 
so at my workshop, I create two seats just to keep it simple. I get them to pick out a seat. Okay, how are you being the seeker? And the second seat is how are you being the creator of your life? So being the seeker, it's about going into your external environment and looking for things outside of yourselves, such as, you know, sex, Netflix, social media, um, you know, online shopping, drinking, drugs, all that jazz, right? How do you give your power away? That's being the seeker because we're looking constantly outside of ourselves for answers, but we're not brave enough and trust to go within and trust that answer. And then being the creator is you live your life on your own terms. You call the shots, you make the choices, you choose what job you want to go for. You get to pick and choose who you want to see in a relationship rather than relying on that person to reject you first. So that's what being a creator is about. And that's where you need to rely on your core confidence going within and trusting that to make those choices. So I get people to alternate the two seats and see how they do that in their life. So with the three seat, it's different. The three seat is that you have the badass. So you, ha- you use polarity. So you have the badass and then you have the most, you know, best version of you, right? And then in the middle, you have the observer, the observer of you, where there isn't a polarity. You're just noticing how is um, Jess showing up in her life? That's the observer where you're detached from the chaos or from the excitement of life. And so that's voice dialogue. And how does that help people? That helps people to get awareness in how they're showing up when they're being the badass and how they're showing up when they're stepping up in their in their heart in their light <clears throat> and it's about differentiating those polarities so it's not like okay i'm the badass and that's all i am i'm all crap i'm negative um all that stuff no you're not just that that's just an aspect of your identity profile mm-hmm. it's not it doesn't define who you are it's just an aspect of you we all have it because that's to do with conditioning yeah and constellations constellations is that like the family constellation yeah okay. and you can do that um with work or with business oh so any group yeah Dyn- okay. any group dynamic yeah constellations are so powerful the best way i would explain it it's like <clears throat> role playing people would role play your energy and how that energy shows up in your life So you can do a constellation, like you said, family dynamics. You can pick someone to be your mom, dad, siblings, and just observe how that family dynamic is showing up and how are you showing up in that family dynamic. I like to use that at my retreat to pinpoint the underlying cause of a person's conditioning. So it's really powerful. You can do that in the workplace. Maybe you want to pick your boss yourself and, you know, people in the workplace that's triggering you, supporting you and see how that looks like. And then it's easy to identify where's your blind spots. What do you need to do to shift that? And that's also in relationships as well. You know, pick yourself, pick the person you're dating and pick um, the blind spot and see how that plays out. And then you'll see what your blind spot is. So anything that we are triggered by comes back, you bring it back to yourself. Yeah, definitely. Because it could be a result of a conditioning. So if you're not triggered by it, well, obviously you, you don't take notice, but anything in the workplace, walking down the street, crowded bus, uh, a lot of traffic, um, any triggers that bring up something in you, do you think we, it's an opportunity to address something that could else be going on in us? Yeah, definitely. Because when we're triggered, let's say, you know, if it's someone on the bus, right, and, you know, they're blasting their music loud or something, um, you know, that's just bringing to your attention what you don't like. And so if you want to take it to the next level, you can just in- do some self-inquiry. Why is it that I don't like that? where is it coming from? What experiences have I experienced that showed up that way for me? And it may not be exactly someone blasting their music, but maybe the first thing would be, oh, they're so inconsiderate. They're so annoying. They're so rude. So if if it's those three things, then if you want to take it to the next level, ask yourself, how are you being inconsiderate, rude and annoying? Because this is the human experience 
every person is mirroring aspects of you if you want to take your self-development journey to the next level. Because we're all one. If you go beyond the ego, we're actually all one. We reflect our own greatness and our um, great pains. And it's like, and what you, does that, yeah. Thank you for showing me that of me. It's not just you I'm triggered by, it's actually myself. It's, um, when you start asking these questions, it's, it's the path is big. You know, it's the, you open the door and you can't go back. Mm, that's right. That's right. So there's no way I could go back to um, my bottomless pit now that I've seen a different world that I've created, that I've transformed, because I'm like, whoa, now I see the potential in my pain. That's beautiful. Tell us about what workshops and how people can get in contact with you and what's, you know, you offer coaching, but you said, mentioned before that you do a workshop before people go into coaching. Yes, that's correct. So I highly recommend that people come and check out my workshop first before they engage me any further. And I showcase like all the tools and resources that I facilitate a person's journey to owning their confidence by turning their pain into potential. So for you to uh, book yourself in, you can go to my website, lifeinconfidence.com and the workshop is called Be Your Greatest Potential. And I can definitely say that you would feel some amazing shifts in your mindset, in your energy and in your own being because it's not just about therapy and asking questions, it's beyond that. We're gonna do so much energy work, so much work on aligning yourself to your core confidence. And this is where you're going to get this shift. And from then onwards, you have the decision if you want to do the three and a half day transformational retreat, which is set your world on fire, and then the five month leadership program, which is um, step into your greatness. Great. Yeah. So, and how that first workshop, is that like a three hour, one day to like how? Yeah. So it's a one day. So it goes from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And it's in the city as well. And lunch is provided. So I've created a full day workshop to jam packed everything that I can give you for you to experience uh, that experience, to experience those shifts and changes in your own being. With, your, with the people that come to the workshop and the clients that you work with, what, what patterns and trends are you seeing? Wow. So that's a good question. I feel like the clients that I've attracted changed massively. So when I started out first, I was attracting women. And they were age in their early 30s to in their 40s. And their thing was love. So not able to attracting the right guy in their life and also the workplace, you know, they're not happy with their job. They want to switch careers. So that was the pattern I was noticing. And a lot of that is to do with conditioning, obviously, definitely. And I notice in those patterns, it's to do with shame and guilt, feeling guilty about feeling good about themselves or feeling guilty to be themselves because of the conditioning. And so that comes with shame and like that's the beginning of my coaching business when I started out and now it's men that I'm attracting single men. So men aged 27 to in their fifties looking for love. They haven't been successful in their relationships and they're looking for a way to attract and magnetize their Mrs. Right. And they're really struggling and they lack confidence. They find it difficult to be assertive and to own their masculine. And they find it difficult to paint a clear picture of what it is that they want, because I feel like they're not trusting their intuitive guidance. Um, And so it's like, that's the journey that I'm facilitating now. And I feel a lot of that comes with a broken heart with these men, rejection and abandonment issues. So, I mean, can you, if you, 
if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, yeah, how are we ever going to have a, a good relationship with anyone else? Yeah, that's spot on. Because a lot of us are looking for a relationship to feel good about ourselves, but we haven't addressed that underlying issue, which is, you know, why is it that you feel the need to be codependent and all these things? Jess, thank you so much for coming. We better wrap it up. Yeah, that's been, true. But um, you've just been fabulous and it's been so great um, doing this podcast with you. So thank you. My pleasure. Um, and we'll put all your details at the bottom of the, the um, podcast information so people can find you. Thank you, Celeste.